Tonight is football night. Big hits. Great plays. Rolling end zone, taking a shot. It is caught. School spirit. All of that is on display all around Northern California. It's time for the Friday Night Football Show. Presented by Top Rank Heating and Air. Here are your hosts, Matt George and Charles T. Hamilton. Another Friday is here. The lights are on. Games are wrapping up. It is Friday Night Football time. Matt George, Charles T. Hamilton live from the Sports 1140 KHDK Studios. Week four of the show, week three of the high school football season, and it's also Friday the 13th. You a scary movie fan guy? No, not at all. You know why? Why? Because they scare me. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's kind of the point. Well, that's why I told someone recently, they're like, you know, you like scary movies? I'm like, no. They're like, why not? Because they scare me, dude. Like, it's that simple. If you were an athletic director or if you were still playing, would you take advantage of the night playing football? Oh, yeah. We would have... uh, it would definitely be a theme at a game. We'd sell way more tickets. People would love it. Yeah. Alternate jerseys. Pumpkin helmets. Everyone would wear 13. I'm there. I'm in. I like it. Pumpkin helmets. That That's just unsafe. Okay. Well, happy Matt. Friday the 13th to everybody out there. Stay safe. Don't die. Don't watch too many scary movies. Good call. And uh, enjoy the uh, Friday night football action that we have for you over these next two hours. Friday night football. Presented to you by Top Rank Heating and Air Conditioning. They do a phenomenal job, and we appreciate them sponsoring the show. And on tonight's show, we got a lot for you. Oak Ridge head coach Eric Cavalier is going to be joining us here in just a few minutes following our scoreboard for tonight. It was a bye week for him this week, and last week his uh, Oak Ridge team won via forfeit because their opponents unfortunately came down with team-wide food poisoning i that i feel so bad so two straight weeks of not playing early on in the season we'll talk to coach cavalier about how that's affected uh, his squad he and his coaching staff were at the Folsom de la salle game tonight where joe davidson was sack b's joe davidson will join us at 10 30 capital christian head coach casey taylor will be joining us 1105 his team did not play tonight they are down in southern california the la area because they play tomorrow night uh, so we'll be speaking to him about that game and previewing that game. Michelle Dapper of KCRA joins us from 11 or at 1130. He, she was at two games tonight, Buhawk Colony versus Weston Ranch and Lathrop versus Sierra. And then finally, to wrap up the show, Cameron Salerno, also of the Sacramento Bee, joins us at 1145. He was at a game that went to overtime tonight, Roseville at Rio Linda. A lot, of, a lot of stuff to talk about. A lot I'm of games to get man, to. telling you. I, man, I just to go back to uh... – Oak Ridge and, and the forfeit last week. I'm sorry, who who forfeited against uh, them? I, honestly, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that is head. just, uh, I feel so bad for those guys, I'd say. Because it's, look, it's kind of a funny headline, et cetera. But at the same time, you know, it's one less high school football game that these guys get to play on both sides. So it's it's sad stuff. But, uh, yeah, we will talk to Coach Cavalier in a little bit, get his thoughts on it, and uh, impromptu extra bye week. And I'm really interested to hear, like, how that affects the team. I mean, one week, a bye week is standard. Everybody goes through it, and you keep practicing and working through it. And, of course, they were practicing and preparing for a game last week, but going over 14 days yeah. without playing an yeah. actual game, and then you're taking on Folsom? Like, yikes. Or, you know, you could look at it. Like we got two weeks to prepare for the, the juggernaut that is Folsom, but at, that's a tough matchup regardless of how much time you got uh, to to prepare, it's, they, that's that's a tough one. They are three and zero to this point. It was Bishop Minot that uh, forfeited last uh, yeah. last week. Unfortunate. Hopefully, they're feeling well and are playing tonight. A lot of games on the schedule tonight. So let's jump into our scoreboard and we'll run through all of these games or as many of these games as we can get for you here on Friday Night Football. And we will begin with the early game: Johnson at home taking on McClatchy Johnson getting the win 24 to 14. Manteca went one-on-one with Tracy, was able to get the W 34 to 20. The Rockland Thunder returning home and getting a big W over Rio Americano, 60 to 27. Houston defending home field, taking on Somerville. Houston gets the win 30 to nothing. Upland at home beats Central Catholic, 49 to 27. Del Oro taking on Sacramento. Del Oro gets the W41 to 20. 
Good win for Del Oro tonight. East Nicholas at home in a defensive battle with Bradshaw Christian. East Nicholas gets the win 14-6. Sarah goes into St. Mary's and gets the W, putting up 56. St. Mary's can only muster 28. This game is, I'm sorry, cut you off. Sarah with the win. You done? Sarah gets the W with the big win, 56-28. This game's still in the fourth quarter. The dub. Del Campo. <laughs> Del Campo is up 37 to 12 over Burbank in the fourth quarter of that game about to go final. Casa Robe goes into Ponderosa. A defensive game here, not one of these high-scoring ones we usually see. Casa Roble gets the win, 17-13. Shutout alert. Napa at home goes 48-0 against Armio. Galt goes into Valley, gets the win, 21-12. Let's see. Scrolling down here. Rip on. Getting the big win over Calaveras on the road, 24-0. Escalon beats Downey by 29. They get the W, 49-20. This game also in the fourth quarter, just about to go final. Foothill and Natomas. At Natomas, Foothill leading 13-7. Patterson goes into Modesto and gets the win, 35-15. River City holding a strong lead in the fourth quarter over Rodriguez at home, 34-21. Lathrop and Sierra combined for 56 points. But that's because Sierra put up 50 of them. They get the W, 50-6. to six. This week's game of the week, <gasps> the Lincoln Zebras <gasps> at Whitney to take on the Wildcats. And Lincoln up in the fourth quarter. This game's coming down to the closing moments. They're up 22-17. to 17. Not to correct you, are they not the fighting zebras? They are the fighting zebras. The fighting zebras. Zebra. I would not fight a zebra. Franklin goes into Grant. They are still in the fourth quarter. Grant is up 24-21. to 21. Another rough night for the excellence of execution. Ooh. Brett Hart falling at home to El Dorado, 21-3. McNair taking on Gregory, and McNair beats Gregory 26-21. to This game also about to wrap up. Freedom over Antelope, 23-14. to Placer taking on Vista Del Lago. Placer gets the win, 45-34. Nice bounce back win for Placer there. Davis. They're up big again. They just keep on winning and keep on putting up massive numbers, but it's not just the offense that's impressive. It's the defense as, uh, as well. They're up 48 nothing over Pioneer at home right now. You see Davis? Nope. The Davis Blue Devils. Hello. Merced goes into Madera. Madera is able to defend home field. They get the win 28-14. to And the final score for you before we get to head coach Eric Cavalier, Vacaville. Beats Granite Bay. Pretty significant upset there. 28-16. to Vacaville gets the win at home. We got plenty more scores to get to you, but not enough time right now. As head coach Eric Cavalier of Oak Ridge joining us right now. He and his coaching staff were out at the Folsom De La Salle game. And uh, it's an interesting situation that Oak Ridge is going through. This was their official bye week, did not play uh, last week because of uh, their opponent forfeiting due to food poisoning. So, Coach, a bit of a different storm than I think you expected to, to weather at this point. Uh, how is the team and how are you and your coaching staff handling it? Well, we're all doing just fine. Um, thanks for asking. It's definitely a weird situation. I think I've ever uh, really experienced in my, my, my couple of decades of coaching. So, we'll. You know, we'll be fine. We got a big game coming up this week, and we, we've uh, you know, been preparing for that just fine, and we'll, we'll be ready to go. Yeah, Coach, what time did you get word that uh, the game was not going to be happening due to food poisoning? I got the initial um, report from the coach about 11 o'clock in the morning that things just were not going well um, last Friday, and then by 1 o'clock uh, they pulled the plug and said it's not going to happen. Did you guys do anything Friday night uh you know, maybe a, a scrimmage or anything like that to just replace the game, or, or was it just? Uh... No, you know, we didn't. We uh, we brought the kids in um, like we normally do. I just had them all come into the classroom and just kind of gave them all the details on what happened, and um, we went out and, and watched the JV game and, and uh, you know represented really well. And then watching our JV team get a win over Bishop and Oak, it was, it was actually fun for them to be able to to experience you know a, a game. And it was it was strange for me too. You know, usually on a Friday night, I'm Pre-game, I'm kind of stressed out and ready to get our game going, but it was uh, a little bit of a relaxing atmosphere to being able to just kind of relax and, and watch a game. It was, it was definitely different. Not what we wanted to be doing, um, but, you know, it's fine. To- totally understand on, you know, Bishop Minogue's end. Uh, these things happen. It's really unfortunate, and um, you know, we'll, we'll see you next year. Well, Coach, I'm glad to hear that you managed to turn 
the negative into a positive and that uh, the team was still able uh, to enjoy the night. But I, I got to imagine there was some disappointment uh, from players that had been getting ready to, to go to work all week that are looking forward to take the field that they didn't get their opportunity to do. So how do you as a coach manage to uh, to kind of wade those waters, but also keep them focused heading into another week off the official bye week? Yeah, you know, it's definitely tough. I mean, you know, it's like going to work all week and then not getting to cut the, pay, the paycheck at the end of the week, you know. So, um, you know, you get better by playing football games. And uh, Bishop Minogue would have been a, a great challenge for us. Um, they're a very strong you know, program up there in Reno. And, uh, you know, we needed them to get better, um, you know, for Folsom. So, I'm kind of a bummer that didn't happen. Um, you know, we had a great week of practice this week. We finished it up with a, a nice, you know, live competitive um you know, drill yesterday, and um, that went really well. So, you know, we just got to keep them focused, keep them working. Um, we had a great week of practice, and and we continue on that path. Coach, you uh, you and your coaching staff were at the Folsom De La Salle game tonight. I'll ask you about that, and we'll chat about that here in, in just a little bit. But two weeks off, at least without a game, uh, heading into a major game against Folsom next week. Do you feel like having back-to-back weeks off and being that well-rested is an advantage heading into that game, or is there some worry that the team might be a little rusty that they haven't played an actual game in, in, in so many weeks? Well, I think you can you can look at that you know both ways. We'll, we'll definitely be rested. Um, you know, it's always nice to kind of take care of some of those bumps and bruises and get those things a little bit better. But you know, like I said before, you, you get better by playing, and you know, not playing for a couple weeks is it's a strange deal for us. Um, you know, we're going to try to create some more um, game like situations um this week just to, to try to keep it sharp so you know we, we don't want to we don't want to be ready to play in the, in the second quarter or third quarter we want to be ready to play from the from the very opening kickoff and, and you know it's gonna take some focus for us to do that but, but we will we'll be ready to go and coach were there any extra benefits on top of uh of our what you've already listed with these two weeks off for example maybe some players that were dealing with some injury bugs that are now uh, rehabbed and, and ready to go anything anything like that yeah you know what we're pretty uh we're pretty injury free right now we, we do have a couple of bumps and bruises that we're able to to get better um we didn't really have anything that was going to keep anybody um from from playing um last week against bishop Minogue, but you know you know how it is i mean you got 49 guys on the team we're bound to have those bumps and bruises and Kind of like we tell our guys, if, if you're feeling sore and a little bit beat up, that just means you're doing it right, you know. So um, it's going to happen this time of year, and, and extra time does help us get through that a little bit. So you know, we're going we're gonna to play that positive and be ready and, and fresh and ready to go next week. I'm sorry, Coach. Did you say you had 49 guys on the roster? 49 guys on the roster, Goodness. Yeah. Well, that plays perfectly into my next question. Uh, we've seen schools with dwindling numbers. Uh, a couple schools uh, a couple weeks ago had to – actually forfeit mid-game because they were down to, you know, 15 active players. What is it about uh, you and your program that, that you're able to have, I mean, not just good numbers, but great numbers, 49, uh, 49 yeah. guys on the roster? Yeah, you know, um, and, and we've got 49 kids who want to be there. I think that's the key. You know, we've um, really been able to develop a, a very strong culture in our program of, of just, you know, contribution. You know, everybody has a role. Everybody feels um, strongly connected to our team. Um, you know, some guys' role is to, is to make plays on Friday nights, and some guys' role is to, you know, get guys ready to play on Friday nights, Monday through Thursday. And we just we value all those roles, and the kids are enjoying it. They're having a good time and enjoying what they're doing. And, and you know, it's, it's just led to our numbers being good. You know, we in the past we've you know had situations where maybe we start the season or start the summer with 65 kids and we dwindle down to 50. You know, by the time the season comes, and, and those days are kind of gone. You know, I mean. Shoot, we didn't hardly lose anybody this year, maybe a kid or two at, at, at most. Um, you know, so it's really uh, kind of, you know, the culture, I think, has just paved the way for, for kids to want to be a part of our program. It's been nice. That's awesome, Coach. Uh, uh, Matt mentioned you and the other coaches went to the Folsom De La Salle game. Did some of the players go as well, uh, go, go check out Folsom tonight? You know, we didn't make it over there tonight. Um, we ended up all coming over here to my house, uh, which all, all the coaches are still out there in the living room, uh, just watching it on TV. They, uh, yeah, I want to say about five o'clock tonight. They shut it down and said nobody else can go into the game. So, and they're really? coming over here. Goodness, that doesn't surprise me though. With those uh, those two yeah. powerhouses, and of course, Folsom always excited to play De La Salle. We know the history of those two schools, De La Salle especially, how successful they've been against Northern California schools, but. 
maybe the same way that Folsom feels about De La Salle, your program might feel about uh, taking on Folsom. Is there going to be extra energy? Are you expecting extra grit and fight and fire uh, in practices all next week leading up to uh, next Friday's matchup with the Bulldogs? Yeah, you know, I mean, it, you know, Folsom is, is one of those uh, hurdles we've not gotten over here for a while, so there's always that, that added uh, intensity of trying to do something that hasn't been done for a while. That's, you know, beat Folsom. Um, it's a home game for us. Um, we've got a great atmosphere in our home games, and, and with Folsom coming, it'll be a packed house. Um, our kids will be excited. Uh, we'll be ready. It's going to be a great game. And without having you give up too much, is there anything that you could share with us that is different with this team this year as compared to when you uh, took on Folsom last season? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's uh, every year's a new year, you know, for us and for every other team out there. Um, but, you know, this year's group uh, seems particularly committed. They really, um, it's bought into what we're doing, bought into each other. Um, we have leadership coming from seniors, juniors, you know, and, and everybody. And we tell our guys, everybody can be a leader. We've got a lot of guys stepping up and, and uh, you know, making making each other accountable, which is really nice. And I would say if there's a difference between this year and last year, it's just that, that accountability um, that's coming from the players this year is uh, maybe at an all-time high. It's been nice. Coach, we looked up on Max Preps. It said you'd been at Oak Ridge since 07. Is that correct, or is that uh, an error on Max Preps' uh, my, part? I've been the head coach. I've been the head coach since 07, but I, my first year at Oak Ridge was 1998. Wow. Well, this is a uh, just kind of my own interest. I, I've been thinking about offenses and college offenses and how they've trickled down to high school pretty much since the Chip Kelly days, and you see him struggling at UCLA now, and now Lincoln Riley mm-hmm. is now the new – uh, innovator of offense, et cetera. Was there a time where you had to adjust what you were doing offensively to conform to the, you know, the new spread style, or do you have an yeah. offense that you've stuck with uh, throughout, throughout your time? No, we definitely adjusted. Um, you know, we, we had, we had a quarterback named Ian Brooks here not, not long ago. And hmm. uh, going into him senior year, um, you know, we made the decision to go from our, our pro offense to the spread. Um, because he was a special player and could get it done, and uh, there were a lot of reasons we did that. You know, one was was just having Ian, um, and we had a couple of good receivers there um, that year as well. Kevin Cassis um, was one of them. He's at Montana State now. Um, so there, there was the, the the dynamics of our personnel, uh, but also you know one of the things that kind of led into that was you know the new rules with the levels of contact um, and how they've kind of shortened you know the amount of time that we have in our pads. Um, you know, it's difficult to teach and coach, you know, that, you know, block down, kick out, you know, type of style of, of run game mm-hmm. um, when you have a shortened amount of time and pads to, to teach it, you know, and with the spread, um, you know, things are a little bit more open and spread out. The running lanes are a little bit wider. It's a little bit more kind of man-to-man blocking stuff. And we just thought it was a good opportunity, um, you know, to, to be able to change something that we'd be able to practice year-round um, more consistently rather than, um you know, the, the older offense, which is more dependent upon being in gear and kind of going at it hard, uh, which, you know, you just, you just can't do that as often. So, you know, quite a few reasons why we switched to this spread. Definitely. And that Ian Book guy was all right, too. I mean, he's, he's not bad. Not too bad. Not <laughs> too bad, yeah. Is that, I mean, one of the greatest joys of coaching to see a guy go on to the next level and have the success that, that you know, he has had and, and the others that you've mentioned as well. But to, to see a guy on yeah. Saturdays, you know, playing in prime time, is that – is there any other feeling like that besides maybe getting your own it's, W? It's a lot of fun, man. I, I, I'm really this whole town is, is buzzing. You know, it's, it's a lot of fun to see you guys go on and play, and especially um, you know for someone like Ian who just remains so humble. You know, I mean, he's still the same Ian as, as he was when he showed up here as as a, as a freshman. You know, he's just a nice kid who wants to do his job and do it well, and, and it's just nice to see him have the success he's having, and um, yeah, it, it's it is very enjoyable. Coach, final thing for you before you wrap up. I'm looking at this upcoming schedule, and we know being in the SFL that there's just competition all the time for you guys, and that's a a challenge that you really embrace. But after back-to-back weeks off, you got Folsom. Then you're at Rockland, at Grant, and then Del Oro and Whitney at home, at Granite Bay, at Elk Grove. That's the remaining schedule that you're facing. A lot of really good competition both on the road and at home coming in. I got to imagine that 
excites you more than it, it it scares you a little bit, right? That every single game, every single night is not only extremely meaningful, but there's a lot of talent on both sides that you're really going to have to gear up for. No, you're you're, uh, you're absolutely right on that. You know, every game's a big game. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier about boys Folsom, what a big game, and you know the excitement that comes around that. You know, with, with that, um, every game's a big game for us. You know, and, and when you're in the NFL, if you if you snooze, you lose. You know, I mean, there isn't anybody who on our schedule. You know, who every everybody's capable of beating everybody. Is my point. And if you don't show up and you're not prepared, you don't play. Um, you lose. You know, and. Uh, you know, it's just, it keeps you it keeps you sharp. It makes you better. It makes your whole program better. It makes me better as a coach. And it, it's uh, it's very competitive, and it's a ton of fun. And does that make your job easier in some ways as a coach that your schedule itself uh, is used to motivate and get your players up and ready to go and you don't have to worry about that lull game in the middle of a season that just kind of sneaks up like a trap game that some teams have to deal with at times? Right. Yeah, we, we don't have to generate any any kind of false enthusiasm. You know, I mean, our our players are in tune enough with you know the, the teams on our schedule to know that you know there's no joke on there, and and they show up Monday ready to get to work, and, and they know um, what we face at the end of each week, and and uh, you know they 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 understand what needs to be done for sure. Well, Coach, want to thank you so much for uh, taking the time during your bye week to join us here on the uh, on the show. Three and zero to start this season, including two and zero at home, and you will be at home next week, uh, Friday night, to take on the Folsom Bulldogs, a major rivalry game. Something we're very excited to keep an eye on. Hopefully, uh, we'll yeah. be able to have you back on the uh, show at some point towards the uh, or later on in the regular season. But uh, Chuck and I wish you the best of luck and appreciate you coming on Friday Night Football. All right, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks Coach. That is head coach Eric Cavalier, the Oak Ridge Trojans, 3-0. and They got Folsom next week. He says all the right stuff. I got to imagine two straight weeks off of football, though, is difficult. I, you know, I, I'm just an easy mark, I think, because I used to play football. I love talking to these coaches, man. Yeah. It's just, it gets me fired up. Uh, but, yeah, you said it. The two weeks off is tough, no question about it, especially when you were expecting to play a game. You didn't go into this two-week stretch knowing that you weren't going to be playing. Right. And it does stink for the kids because they are going to be playing one less high school football game than they thought they were going to. Um, So it's tough. Some of the things I love that he said, though, was because of that game getting canceled, they were able to go watch the JV team. Mm -hmm. And I remember that was some of the funnest stuff because our JV teams would play on Thursday and then we'd play on Friday and or Saturday, whatever it was. But we'd be able to watch them. And uh, just as a team, it's, it's one of the funnest events that you get to be a part of yeah. and then you know he mentioned that the the de la salle Folsom game was sold out uh which isn't no surprise no surprise exactly but uh that, that was another thing that we loved doing was you know if if we had a game saturday we'd go check out a game friday night as a team yeah and so i mean those are some of the things that off the field that you get to enjoy as a football player that uh you know just just brings me back man i love it well, I know you love talking to coaches. Unfortunately, I have some bad news for you. While we were on the phone with Eric Cavalier, got a text from uh, Casey Taylor, Capital Christian head coach. They are down in Southern California for a game that they're t- uh, playing tomorrow night. Unfortunately, having some uh, some phone difficulties and some charging difficulties, so he will not be uh, able to join us this evening. We will be rescheduling him uh, for next week. Uh, so sorry, Capital Christian Cougar fans. Head coach Casey Taylor will not be joining us tonight, but will be with us next week. We'll talk about tomorrow's game. Uh, and then, of course, Capital Christian, I think, if I'm not mistaken – is taking on Christian Brothers uh, next week. And we have to talk about Christian Brothers because they play tomorrow night against Jesuit in the Holy Bowl. We'll touch on that. Holy Plus, moly. Joe Davidson from the Sacramento Bee joins us coming up next on Sports 1140 KHDK. Welcome to... Y'all played a great football game tonight. A real good football game. Yeah. Now, back to more of the Friday Night Football Show. Here's Matt George and Charles T. Hamilton. Yes, indeed. Friday Night Football, Matt George, Charles T. Hamilton, live from the KHK studios. Also joined by Chris Watkins, Christian Brothers alumni. Chris getting fired up and ready for the Holy Bowl. That is happening tomorrow. Is that him barking back there? That's you. you got to relax, dude. That's you. No, that's dude. That's you. It's too much. That's your call sign. Everybody it's knows it by much. now. Capital Christian taking on Jesuit in the Holy Bowl tomorrow. I'm sure Christian we'll, Brothers. 
what did I say? Capital Christian. I'm stupid. Oh, boy. Christian Brothers oh, boy. takes on Capital Christian next week. Start out three, two, one. Live mics. Welcome into Friday Night Football. My name is Matt. Oh, uh, Christian Brothers and Jesuit. Jesuit and Christian Brothers. In the Holy Bowl tomorrow. And then Capital Christian and Christian Brothers taking next week. So, Got Chris, that? Chris the, uh, the Christian Brothers Jesuit Holy Bowl. Um, where is that again? Where do they play that? It's going to be at uh, Hughes Stadium, Sac City. Is that like a pretty awesome event for the for the school? I mean, yeah, it's huge. CB usually plays all their games uh, at Sac City um, since they're re- renovating their field, but um, they've actually played there for a couple years. But yeah, definitely Holy Bowl. The whole the whole bowl gets sold out. Um, it's insane. And is this a major community event as well? I mean, I understand the students are definitely going to show up and rock the place out. But yeah. with that kind of crowd, I, I'd imagine just local fans want to come. Yeah, and check it I out. mean, every if you're a Sacramento football fan, you're showing up. Or not even Sacramento football. Just love showing up to big events. I mean, everybody is super excited. There's, you know, kids getting their faces painted. There's people tailgating all day up in the, you know, the top story of the Sac City parking garage. It's, it's just an awesome event. Great. Like, the old ultimate atmosphere so one thing you can provide for us since you're a christian brothers alumni is yes. you can you can provide the the student perspective of, of this entire thing when you come into christian brothers as a freshman do you know immediately that jesuit is that major rival and how is that imposed upon you as a student there like how did that rivalry come about you know i really don't know the complete whole history i know they've been rivals Tell for, me. for you know as Wikipedia. long as time goes um but just it's kind of one of those things that's just instilled. It's yeah. like Kings Lakers. It's yeah. that is their you know, number one rival, yeah, though, Jesuit it, uh, Christian Brothers. It's it's definitely Christian Brothers' biggest rival is Jesuit. Um, huh? I don't know if Jesuit would like to say that we're their biggest rival. Well, well if, there's, Bears, right? if they're filling up a stadium that that's big, what, I'd say hey, it's, it's you know, pretty sure it's up there. Right. Yeah. Well, that, um, yeah, but it's definitely a mascot. What's, what's the mascot? The Jesuit Marauders. Marauders. Yeah. Not, no, not just Christian Pirates. Brothers. What's oh, Christian, Christian Brothers Falcons. I, I assumed you knew. I thought everybody knew Christian Ooh, Falcons. Ooh, the Falcons? Yeah. Falcons versus Marauders. We used to have the old Falcon, oh. the Atlanta Falcons logo, too. Uh, Saturday yeah. to night awesome. or afternoon? Uh, it, so the games go on all day. They have the freshman JV and varsity That's all rad. play on the same That's day. That's cool, man. Yeah, so and it's a big can... game for everybody. So you come in as a freshman, you play. In fr- it's not as packed as it is for varsity, obviously, but it's still – the biggest crowd you're probably going to play in front of all year. And this might not be the right question for you. You're obviously not organizing it and putting the <laughs> event on, but do you know if it's you buy one ticket and you can go in for the entire day and just watch football yes, all day? Yes, it is. Yeah. Oh, my dude. Yeah. What the hell am I doing tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow. What's hey, guys, deal? all three of us, you know, maybe we can we finesse should. our way onto the field. I've been telling Matt, Chris, Matt, we're going. We're starting. To yeah, go to we got to come out to. We're going to start going to games. Whatever. I know we'll probably. Yeah, I think be able people to... need to tell us which game we need to go to. If we're going to go out to one game, I think yeah. it's not a bad idea. You know? Well, yeah. we do have the Sports Eleven Forty KHDK Game of the Week, Uh-oh. which this week was the Whitney Wildcast hosting the Lincoln Fighting Zebras. Disease. So that game happened tonight, oh! and then our poll for next poll. week's next week's. Game of the week is up right now, and we'll be sharing with you what games are uh, up for that one. Joe Davidson of the Sacramento Bee going to be joining us here shortly, and we have a final from that game of the week. Uh-oh. Whitney, after starting out the season 2-0 and after going 0-10 last year, they've now lost two straight. Mm. They lose to Lincoln at home 22-17. That's a tough one. Lincoln's a, a legit squad, though. I mean, Those zebras. Look, zebras are no joke, and that's the thing, too. It, look, as great as a... 0-10 to 10-0 and 0 season would be, it's unrealistic. Right. And you're still 2-2. Two and two, You're still fighting. But uh, another good game from Whitney. I mean, they're legit. They're a real team. They're going to make you uh, work for it. And they have a lot of good games, fun games, fun matchups coming up. I know the Dell or a Whitney game that's happening uh, in a few weeks. That's one that we're definitely going to try and check out. Uh, if we can, I would imagine that that one might sneak its way uh, onto the uh, the game of the week voting mm. when we get to that. But, hey, I, I don't want to look we'll too see. too we'll much see. ahead. Yeah, that's that's not our decision. I don't make the decisions. That you know? is not our decision. Right. That is our promotions decision. Yeah. Joe Davidson, he's always a good decision to have on, although don't tell him I said that. He is from the Sacramento Bee, the high school football, really high school sports guru for the Bee, and he was out at the Folsom De La Salle game. I 
I wonder if he actually got a seat in the press box or if it was standing room only. I got to imagine it was a pretty crazy night, but he's going to be joining us uh, to tell us all about that game and plus talk about literally everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not a question that we have asked yet about high school football that has stumped him so far. Joe, a pleasure to have you back, my friend. How was the game tonight? How was the atmosphere? Folsom didn't get the job done. Uh, again, De La Salle keeps that massive streak alive, but based off the pictures and video, it looked like a NFL atmosphere or a college atmosphere out there join you guys a uh, great atmosphere overflow crowd more than 6,000 people uh i'm not sure if eric cavalier made it i know you were talking to him uh, earlier um uh, the oakridge coach but uh, it was hard to get in there i did spot which is great people out there in a hundred degree kick and all that but then went down and cooled off and then just like that de la salle was up 28 nothing doing what De La Salle does, uh, methodically running the ball with a veer option, the veer option, which is a run-heavy offense. And then uh, Folsom made a game of it, which Folsom always does. It was uh, 35-14 and then, uh, you know, then got to within 42-27 off a couple onside kicks for Folsom and touchdown passes by Jake Reithmeyer. But that's where it ended, 42-27. and that that unbeaten streak is not consecutive wins. There were a couple ties, but the unbeaten streak for De La Salle since 1991, or since the start of the 1992 season, is 302 games. Uh, that's just amazing. That's 300 wins and two ties against teams north of Fresno, and that's just doing great work. Well, how does how does De La Salle do against the Sac Joaquin section? Well, let's take a look. Four and zero against Folsom, including twice in the NorCal finals and 14-0 last year and tonight. 4-0 against St. Mary's of Stockton this decade. 3-0 against Del Oro this decade. 2-0 against Central Catholic of Modesto this decade and wins over Granite Bay and Jesuit. That's wiping out this whole section. And Paul Doherty, the Folsom coach, nailed it. He goes, hey, we just haven't been good enough. You know, just got to keep closing that gap. Uh, it doesn't end Folsom season, certainly. Remember last year, Folsom lost 14-0 at De La Salle. To open up the season, then never look back. Won 14 straight games, repeated as state division one AA champion. So, how does Folsom bounce back is the real question now, because right now there's no dispute with the best team in Northern California remaining. So, so, I'm starting to sense a trend with games that I follow and games that I've seen from afar, and certainly these last two games uh, between De La Salle and Folsom over these last two seasons. De La Salle has a very consistent winning pattern. It's that they they typically score first, they go up early, and they just hold and maintain and try and add on to it. And like you said, Folsom was able to make a game out of it and come back, which, of course, we expected Folsom to do. But we're not used to seeing the Bulldogs, and I know the Bulldogs themselves are not used to coming out of the gate and pretty early on falling in an early hole. And I I don't have the tweet open in front of me, uh, but you tweeted out earlier today, Joe, if I'm not mistaken, that Folsom opened things up with a 67-yard touchdown. Was it a a drive or was it one singular play? And and they they set the tone right out of the gate, even though they're in hostile territory. Yeah, that was De La Salle. Um, Like the fourth play of the game, Dorian Hale, the quarterback, he takes snaps from under the center. Who does that anymore? And he took off with a 69-yard run, touchdown. He had four touchdown runs as the Veer option quarterback. Um, he, he, he threw the ball when he needed to. And, you know, Dale Howe, simple football. Don't, don't, break, don't miss tackles. Block, tackle, everybody's together. Uh, unify, don't make mistakes. Um, you know, and, but also human. He only had 11 plays for 40 yards in the fourth quarter for Dale Howe. And so it didn't completely blow the game open but when it's 30 when it's 28 nothing and 35 14 it was pretty clear who the better team was uh and simplicity you know de la salle just does it with basic running plays and you know superbly coached superbly conditioned um it's a reluctant superstar program de la salle never had visions of playing teams from florida new jersey and texas uh but when it just started getting rolling in the 80s and 90s and 2000 it, it just started to become something legendary and uh, would rather just play teams in state coaches like to say we're not a traveling circus um and the other thing that should be noted about dale sound i wrote a big story about it this week in a sacramento b is in my years at the b i haven't heard a single coach or a single player or administrator or anybody complain about dale sound being uh excessively 
mouthy, showboating, taunting. They just don't do it. And I think every team tries to do that way. It's hard when you have teenagers and you're rolling along. And so they, they, they win with class and humility, too. And, you know, people will tell you if a team ran up the score on you or if they played dirty. So I think that's a, a testament to how De La Salle competes and, and does it in a lot of things on, on, uh, in athletics at that school. They just do a great job. Uh, and it's, a, it's, a, it's an honor for Sacramento teams to play Folsom, to see what, what real big-time football is all about. Folsom's big-time, but there's another layer to big-time, and that's De La Salle. Joe, you kind of touched on it, but, like, what makes De La Salle as devastating as they are? I mean, I, Folsom, I imagine, has the bodies to, to match up to a, a team like De La Salle. You know, it's not they're, – they're, they're not, uh, you know, sending guys to D3 schools or anything like that. Like, what is it that makes a team running the veer in 2019 so dominant? It's, it's all that they've run. When, when Bob Latasseur took over as head coach, He's now the assistant coach. But when he took over in 1979, it was a dead program. It had no winning seasons. The school had opened in 1966, and they had no weight. They had no goalposts at their practice field. They had nothing. It was just a, you know, he the coach met prospective players for the first time in 1979, and kids were wearing bandanas, and they had, you know, marijuana plants on their, uh, pictures of marijuana plants on their shirts. I mean, it was not a football program at all. And he started with strength and conditioning and said, let's run the Veer offense where it gives you a chance to just compete with some deception and just running the ball. So all these years later, De La Salle has, you know, just has mastered this running game. The only other team in this area that I know of that runs the Veer is Monterey Trail, which has done really well the last couple of years, the last 10 years or so. And, um, you know, just, fundamentals i know it's an old cliche but geez as long as you know how to block and tackle and you're in shape and you're in condition and you you prepare and they don't they have about five basic running plays they don't try to reinvent the wheel it's just a refreshing blast of simplicity and 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 it still works you know de la salle is aiming for its uh, uh let's see it's 12th consecutive state championship open division berth. I mean, that's amazing. And have been to the state finals every year since it started in 2006. Uh, no other team has done that. So that's just a model of consistency. And as good as De La Salle is, it's still trying to close the gap with modern day, which has become the best team in the country. But it's a different kind of football down in modern day in Orange County where transfers come and go. Uh, modern day had like 14 transfers that came in for their senior year, played football, won the national, finished number one in the nation, beat De La Salle in the state open final, and then about five or six of those transfers went right back to their school after the Christmas break and played spring sports. That's absurd. That's that's wow. that's totally against the spirit of high school competition. I know people complain that well, De La Salle is a private school, but nope, there's never been an ounce of evidence of undue influence of recruiting kids or doctoring grades. Same with Folsom. I hear all the time, every week, well, Folsom wins unnaturally. They cheat. You know, they got kids from out of state. Well, they're all incoming freshmen, and there hasn't been an ounce of evidence of wrongdoing and cheating because if there was, the Sac Joaquin section and the CIF, the governing bodies, would drop the hammer, would not allow that stuff. Um, so it's just one of those things, guys, that uh, people like to throw rocks at the, at the top-tier teams. But at the same time, it's, sometimes it's good just to appreciate, hey, they're doing a good job. They're playing good, clean football. Absolutely. It sounds to me, Joe, and you may have already touched on this a little bit, but De La Salle specifically, it, it sounds like they don't necessarily do anything and, and, and get cute and surprise teams that much. They know what they're good at. They do it consistently on a weekly basis, and they just say, all right, somebody try and stop us. Is that accurate? Yes, very accurate. Um, you know, Folsom started – with the spread offense um, last decade, about 2007 or so, when Folsom would go six wins, uh, get into the playoffs and lose 54 nothing to Elk Grove. They just couldn't smash mouth people. people. So they implemented the uh, spread offense and got guys in open space and tried to compete and got better and better and better. And De La Salle is stuck with a beer running game because it's, it's worked for them. Um, Intercom in Sacramento has won a ton of games this decade with Terry Stark, a 200-game winner, with the wing tee, which is a heavy run-based offense. So teams stick with what works for them, and, um, you know, I think it's great. Neat to see that high school teams still run the ball. 
I want to transition away from uh, Folsom de La Salle, uh, but stick with Folsom a little bit. We just spoke with uh, Coach Eric Cavalier, like you alluded to. Fantastic guy. I talked to him a lot about the uh, the two weeks now that they're facing not one uh, game. Last week it was the win via forfeit. Uh, this week their natural bye week, and they're coming off of those two weeks of no actual games being played only to host the Folsom Bulldogs who are going to be looking to get back into the win column and reestablish that dominance in the SFL and in Northern California. Uh, I asked uh, Coach Cavalier this, and of course he gave me one answer, but I'm curious in your mind, in your perspective, I don't know if you've ever seen things like this before where a team has two straight weeks off and then goes into a major game, but would you say that's more of an advantage for a team, the fact that they are so well-rested and maybe had more than enough time to heal injuries and prepare, or would you look at it as a disadvantage that maybe they're going to be a little rusty and a little out of it since they haven't played a meaningful game in two weeks? Well, um, Oak Ridge will be healthier than Folsom. Daniel Nagata's laboring with a strained knee. He got it out tonight but had to leave a couple of times. Um, certainly Folsom would – or. Uh, Oakridge would rather have had a game, but, you you know, that's a terrific coaching staff. Those kids are eager and hungry. The one hurdle that they have not cleared, the Trojans, has been Folsom uh, over the years. Had had some terrific teams. Would have been some section championship teams if not for Folsom in the way. So credit to Folsom. Uh, And Cavalier always says, hey, we have every reason to be successful. Uh, We have uh, a great community. We have academic and athletic support on campus with administrators. We have a large enrollment we've got uh, uh tradition we've got good facilities we've got on-campus coaches everything's in place to be a top-tier program every year and they're number three in our Sacramento B rankings Folsom one Monterey Trail two um don't be shot if Oak Ridge wins next week uh, that's that's a team that's very capable Justin Lampson is a terrific quarterback they've got good running back the good schemes um uh you know Folsom's still the top dog until somebody around here beats them um, I think it's like a 35-36 game Sierra Foothill League winning streak since entering that league in 2013. And I think Folsom's like 90 wins and one losses against Sacramento area teams in the last several years. So it's pretty impressive. The one loss was the Sac High in a regular season game. Not Sac Joaquin Sacs, I'm just talking about area. Right. Uh, so we'll see. You know, we'll see. Uh, Folsom certainly has uh, dropped the hammer on Oak Ridge in recent years, but I, I, I see this as being a uh, a good game, a competitive game. Um, uh, but to answer your question, I think, um, you know, I think it kind of evens out. And coaches don't dwell on that. Uh, uh, you know, it's, it's a bizarre way to have a – to lose a game, not lose a game, but not have a game, is to have Bishop Minogue last week not be able to play because the whole team and the coaching staff on varsity went, went under with food poisoning. <laughs> not, going, not going back to that eatery. I can assure yeah, you that. Really. Uh, Joe, I asked Coach Cavalier about this, and I want to ask you as well because you wrote about this before. What is it about a program like Oak Ridge that can have 49 active players on their varsity roster to where the dwindling numbers at a school like Burbank where you know they had to call a game in the third quarter a couple weeks ago because they only had 15, 16 players? What is it that makes it so much more appealing at Oak Ridge to, say, against a, a school like Burbank or Modesto Christian or any of these schools that are struggling to get numbers? Or Marilomo or Encina or Mesa Verde. There's a lot of schools like that. Um, um, well, I think at Oak Ridge, there's such a healthy culture of sports and academics and extracurricular and the band and basketball and baseball and lacrosse. And when football's up, you know, I think Oak Ridge opened in 1980 up in El Dorado Hills to ease the, you know, the um, enrollment surge up at nearby Ponderosa and has been a, a darn good football program ever since. And, um, and the 2000s won three section championships in a row and has been in section chance, section finals this decade against uh, Folsom. So it's uh, it's the thing to do, and that's a kind of a carryover thing, which is why it's so impressive that a, a program like Whitney um, or El Camino or Laguna Creek or Pleasant Grove could go winless last year or one win last year, and then here they come out with 45 varsity guys and they – jump right out of the gate with good good success because you know kudos to those coaches and those athletes for saying hey there's there's value in football you don't have to you know you could still compete even if your team went winless or just had one win uh and it's fun and the student rooting sections make it fun and 
you know, not everybody in high school is trying to get a scholarship. I think every parent wants a scholarship, but I think kids know their limits. They'll, they'll know if they can play the next level. Um, you know, so just a chance to have a jersey. And if you can play, that's great. If you can start, that's even better. But if you're just there, there there's great value in that. And, um, you know, whether it's in the city or up the Highway 50 corridor or up, up in Placer County, small school, large school, whatever, um, you know, playing football means something in this area. Joe, thank you so much, as always, for taking the time. We absolutely appreciate it. Excellent job as well. Before we let you go, though, I want to ask, is there anything that you're working on or anything that's coming to uh, the Sacramento Bee, the website, print edition, anything like that that you want to plug or let people know about? Yeah, I appreciate that, Matt. Um, We've got um, a big blowout on um, photos and video and and, uh, commentary on on what makes De La Salle still roll and and what Folsom did. And we'll also cover the Holy Bowl tomorrow. It's the 49th Holy Bowl. And um, I think you guys were wondering earlier in the the segment, you know, how that game come about. What was interesting is the game came about in 1969, but it took years for those two schools to get the game going because there was resistance. Like, oh, well, this is going to be a distraction. Well, it's football. It's filing. You know, maybe we shouldn't have a rivalry game. It might, it might be, uh, you know, might cause bad blood. It's the best thing that ever happened to those two football programs. Have a big rivalry. There's going to be 17,000 people at Hughes Stadium or 15,000, including a lot of alumni. That's a healthy, good thing to see and to have. So kudos to those programs. But how about that for archaic thinking? Well, geez, this might be bad to have two teams <laughs> you know, go against each other. Uh, that happened with De La Salle. The school opened in 1966. It wasn't until 1972 that the, the school was able to convince people to start football because, geez, that's, geez, this is a distraction. Isn't this, this, this isn't a good idea. No, it's a great idea. So um, kind of weird thinking from way back then, but football is a great thing for a school and it's a great thing for a community. I'm glad uh, you brought that up, too. We have uh, Chris in the other room, and and one of the things that he mentioned is the fact that all three games, the the freshman game, the JV game, and the varsity game, all played all day. And I got to think from a a community standpoint as well, if you're just a football fan in general and maybe don't want to take the travel or the trip down to uh, Oakland or to Santa Clara to watch the Niners or the Raiders play, uh, if you're into football, you buy a ticket, you're there for all three games. It's a fantastic community day and something you definitely want to go and check out. Yeah, especially if you went to one of those schools. Uh, you know, and the beauty about high school football is there's no Antonio Browns lurking about. You know, these are pretty, you know, these kids are, uh, it, it, you know, it, it means a lot. Uh, I think the good coaches will tell their kids, hey, people are watching, so, you know, keep your head. Uh, don't be an idiot. Don't be a fool. Bayless Al coaches talk about that this week in a Sacramento B story. We say, hey, we don't allow stupidity. We don't taunting. We don't want people acting like fools. We'll bench you. Um, you know, people from, you know, the Justin Allen ball is a Bayless Al coach. He said, my dad was in Greece last year and he was watching us on live stream. So people around the world will watch. And, you know, high school football, we, we say it every week when we're on your show. Um, it's the best value for your entertainment dollar here in this region. Yeah. If you don't go to a River Cats game or – FC Republic or Kings game, but you just want to see some good sporting stuff, go to a high school game. Um, it's a pretty good, a pretty good value for the buck and good weather. Um, and, and it's, um, it's good stuff too. No doubt. Well, Joe, you're the man. Thank you so much for taking the time as always. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you uh, next week. Keep up the great work and uh, we, uh, we appreciate it as always. Anytime. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Joe. Joe Davidson from the Sacramento Bee joining us once again. Check him out. All of his phenomenal work at the Sacramento Bee. If you're not a subscriber already, it's super cheap, and it's a must-have not just for for professional sports, but just Sacramento sports, Sacramento news in general. They always have their finger finger tightly on the the pulse of what's going on in Sactown. He also mentioned, uh, you know, whether it's Rivercats or uh, Sac uh, Republic or whatever, Look, going to a high school football game in this area, you're just about as likely to see someone that will be playing big-time college football or in the NFL as you are seeing a guy that's going to be playing in the MLB or MLS or what have you as if you go see you know, yep. the Rivercats or the, the uh, Republic. Like This is big-time football out here and great entertainment, and you're going to see the future of, uh, the, of college football and the NFL. I, I'm – you know, I, I uh, talking to Coach Cavalier. I brought up Ian Book without just thinking everyone knows who he is. He's a starting quarterback for Notre Dame. If people don't know that, like you, yeah. you see him every Saturday balling for Notre Dame. He played at Oak Ridge. Like right. it's, it's pretty amazing.
And you, of course, have Shaq Thompson, like oh, you mentioned, yeah. who played for Carolina last I night, mean, Thursday night football. A couple Air- of Raiders, uh, Colton Miller, Eddie Vanderdose. Colton Miller, Roseville High guy, coming off of a fantastic, yeah. fantastic week one game against the Broncos for the Raiders. So that was great to see. He was an excellent story. Names I don't even know. Uh, the, the, who's Akella the tight Witherspoon. He was in my Christian Brothers class. There Hello. You go. Who's the tight end for Oregon who made that sick catch? In week one. Spencer Webb, yeah, another Christian I, Brothers alumni. Exactly. People that you, you don't even know. Yeah. You, you're bound to see guys that are going to go on to the next Have level. Have to mention Eric Armstead as well Absolutely. with the San Francisco 49ers, another local. So just there's so much good football around here. Take advantage of days like tomorrow with the Holy Bowl. Uh, you will not be disappointed. We will take the break. When we come back, very short segment for you. We will tell you all about the poll that is up now for next week's. Sports 1140 KHDK High School Football Game of the Week right here on Friday Night Football. Welcome to Y'all played a great football game tonight. A real good football game. Now back to more of the Friday Night Football Show. Here's Matt George and Charles T. Hamilton. Short segment for you here to wrap up the first hour of Friday Night Football. Matt George, Charles T. Hamilton with you live from the KHDK studios. Also joined by Chris Watkins in the other room. Big thank you to Joe Davidson for spending the time. Of course, also Oak Ridge head coach Eric Cavalier earlier this hour. If you missed any, any of tonight's show, uh, you can go and check it out on demand at any time on uh, KHDK's website, the Friday Night Football page on the KHDK website, where you can also find the Game of the Week voting, pictures from our Game of the Week when our teams or our um, promotions team goes out to the stadiums themselves. Uh, and you can get a full scoreboard there as well. So check out that page. You can also download the KHDK app and listen to any of our shows from week zero all the way to now. Uh, you can catch them on demand there on the app uh, whenever you want. And I mentioned, Chuck, the game of the week voting this week's game of the week was Whitney hosting Lincoln. Lincoln ended up getting the win in that game. The poll is up for next week's game of the week. Are you ready for these four games? Good luck picking one. I mean, good luck picking one. Honestly, I I couldn't pick one if you put it on me. You have Folsom at Oak Ridge, which we've already previewed. It's a good one. You have Rockland at Whitney, so Whitney has a chance of getting it twice in a row. Back to back. You have Christian Brothers at Capital Christian. That's an easy pick right there. And you have... CB at CC? CB at CC. And then finally, Granite Bay at Del Oro. Those are good ones. Pretty good. I, I mean, I think there's one that clearly stuck out to me. Only one of them is going to win game of the week, but those four plus another like 40 phenomenal games that we have next Friday to talk to you about. I mean, our show's already written for next week. I'm not mad at any of those, man. Not at all. I, uh, you yeah, know, those I might are lean, four great games. Might lean one way, but uh, I'm not going to tell you. Okay. All right. Well, stay secretive. I don't yeah. care. I'm not going to hold it against you. Uh, this is open now for anybody to go and vote on, and you can vote as many times as you want, which means get your friends together, get your classmates together, uh, coaching staff, players, and spam the vote as much as you possibly can. The numbers were great for these first two weeks. We expect them to be again. You're going to need to vote a lot if you want your team to win. Schools are uh, really waking up to this uh, and taking advantage of it. And again, whatever game is selected, our street team actually goes out to the stadium, uh, sets up a booth, gives away some free stuff, uh, takes pictures that go to the the KHDK website. We're there in full force. And then, of course, we spend a little extra time discussing it and really breaking it down here. Stop hitting me up trying to get me to juice the vote, you guys. There's nothing I can do about it. You got to actually vote. It's very legit like you know we're not playing favorites here so you're, stop you're asking for sale uh, well i mean <laughs> that changed your so tune that's, really a, that's another that's a whole different thing but you know just you know, just get out and vote well hey man we pulled a bit of an audible tonight yeah we did we, we were did. going to have casey taylor who is the head coach of capital christian uh, he is down in southern california with his team they play tomorrow night however they were having some uh, phone difficulties technical difficulties so not able to get him on so what did we do we went to the rolodex and we grabbed someone who has spent a lot of time with us here on Friday Night Football and his team coming off of a very dominating win tonight. Coach Jeff Walters, the Del Oro Golden Eagles. Yes, indeed. He is going to be joining us in the next segment here of Friday Night Football. Don't go anywhere. Hour number two coming up shortly.